0: What's up, y'all? Brian from Clipset here. Want to talk to you about a brand new sponsor that we got for the Clipset podcast. That's Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport. How it works is you choose five out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. So the more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. That means it's time to just throw it all away, bet the house on the pony, get rid of that tuition that you've been saving up for, and bet it all. Thrive has awarded over $1.4 million in prizes since launching in 2018, and there's thousands more for the upcoming NBA season. Use promo code CLIPSET, CLIPSET when you sign up today and you'll receive an instant deposit match for up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy app from the Apple Store, the Google Play Store, or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. This is this season two of Clipset. would you consider this season two? It's like no, season one and a half.
1: It's like season three. We had <laughs> we had like yeah, the fair enough. first season, and then a break, and then the second season, and now we're in season three with a quick turnaround.
0: Yeah, that's totally fair. Man, this quick turnaround I might have to actually I'm not gonna do this episode. I'm just gonna rest this episode. The okay. turnaround was too brutal. So i mean, I going to do back I, to back for you. Yeah. I don't believe in load management, but I'm going to rest out because,
1: uh, Oh, you don't, you don't manage your load, bro. <laughs> yeah.
0: I uh, never learned actually. That's our open right there.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's really good. <laughs> so, uh,
0: welcome everybody to the clip Said podcast. Hey, gruesome twosome episode. Uh, it is a gruesome twosome episode. Joseph, how are you, buddy?
1: I'm doing all right. Um, just trying to hang in there. It's pretty insane out there right now. So uh,
0: we're we're living in the epicenter. It is. Yeah. Uh, L. A. County is now the epicenter of the virus. I think for the world.
1: Really? I know for
0: the country, but um, you know, I think the U. S. is the epicenter for the world, and we are the epicenter for the U. S. So L. A. is surging out there.
1: Yeah, it's it's really bad. Um, I picked a hell of a time to start reading the paper again. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's really just doom and gloom every day and it just gets worse and worse and worse. So It is. My my hope you
0: know, was a, a friend of mine is a healthcare professional um, and works in the hospital and posted a picture, I think it was actually this morning, uh, of him getting the vaccine. And so I was like, oh, okay, there's a light yeah. here. There's a light. Mm-hmm.
1: I have a buddy who's a doctor and he, he's getting it tomorrow. Not tomorrow, I was like Monday. I was
0: like, wait, they're already administering the vaccine so I just took my mask off and went out into the world.
1: Yeah, dude. I mean, you're totally safe now. 100% safe. <laughs> this is how herd immunity vaccine. works. <laughs> yeah, and so you'll be good. That's how that works.
0: Oh my god, it's so dark. Um, Anyways, dude, this drops Monday. Yes. And the season starts two days later.
1: Tuesday. No, doesn't it start uh, Tuesday? Uh, Wednesday, I thought. The 22nd is a Tuesday. Then it starts Tuesday. It starts Tuesday. So this comes out, and then that we are off to an incredible start with this episode, <laughs> i would be surprised if anybody kept listening
0: um yeah yeah the numbers are dropping right now so tuesday <laughs> wow that's that's uh that's crazy it, um so we got three preseason clippers games yeah uh the clippers went uh oh and three yes <laughs> in in the preseason what are your like i guess let's start like what what are your like general takeaways from the preseason
1: Um, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's really hard because they basically played two halves, kind of, in those first two games and then a half and then a little bit in that third game. Right. Um, and with Marcus Morris being out, which is something we'll talk about later, it's kind of like, is this really what this team is? And the answer is no, not really. Um, I'm surprised by surge starting I'm gonna be honest with you um but I guess it kind of makes sense in terms of you know the fit with the starting unit makes a little bit more sense in giving Lou a better role partner than a pop partner which I think would have worked totally fine anyway but they also probably promised Ibaka that he would start when they signed him so I have a feeling yeah that's part of what's going down
0: that, that might be part of it. Obviously, he has a relationship with Kawhi, so they already have some chemistry built into it. And I think his ability to be the pop rather than the role uh, in those situations opens up more for uh, Kawhi to kind of go inside and just dominate guys. Because, I mean, yeah. dude, Kawhi looks big. He put muscle on uh, in the offseason. He looks, I don't know, he looks big to me.
1: Yeah, it might just be the shirt because he keeps wearing that white, yeah. practice shirt yeah, that's that's like a 5xl yeah the 5xl so he looks super wide um which every time i see him i'm like is that really what i look like every time i wear a t-shirt is that really what <laughs> um but you know just in in general like serge looked pretty good um he looked much better in that second lakers game um and then obviously he didn't play in the third one so i hope he's okay and they're just kind of resting him um but I don't know it's been hard it's been hard to find takeaways like I lost interest if I'm gonna be honest with you in those first two games because they basically went to garbage time early and while some people are like analyze the young guys it's like I don't really know if I can analyze the young guys when it's like two guys who might break into the rotation three guys who are going to get cut against three guys who are going to get cut and two guys who might break into the rotation on the other team (laughs) right 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 it's uh, it's hard to evaluate whether or not somebody's a real NBA talent when they're not playing real, NBA real NBA talent. T- yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I mean, like there there were some positives. Um, the offense looked pretty good in Game Three. It looked pretty rough in Games One and Two. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. It's a work in progress. It's pretty clearly a work in progress. What about you? Right.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I. It- <laughs> It was, it was hard to pay attention. It's hard to care. Um, And, and I'm, I'm also with you where like, I'm on the fence of like how much I want to take out of it, which is funny because like in the first game, when surge started, I was like, oh, surge is starting. That's interesting. Should I like read into this? Nah, it's just a preseason game. And then after the game, it was like, yeah, surge is our starter. (laughs) And I was like, oh, so there is something to read into there. Um, But, and, and I, you know, I get it. There were, you know, we did get to see some, some zoo, like who knows, like who knows if surge is like the zoo starter, right? Where he comes in and, um, zoo ends up playing more minutes than him off the bench. Like it, it right. could be that kind of situation. They both, I mean, zoo looked great defensively. Um, his hands look like he needs some work, uh, especially in that first game.
1: Those, those first two games were really rough. Like he dropped yeah. almost everything he was given.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, there were a ton of turnovers. It. It's one. Of, it was one of those things where, like, it, I was just kind of watching the margins. Like, you know, I think PG looks like he's ready for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much to take away from Kawhi's game. I don't know if it's him just kind of like getting into rhythm or if it's like Kawhi not giving a shit. Um, either way, Kawhi looks happy with the team. He looks yes. a lot happier than he has. I'll like, say. it's been everywhere where everybody's talking about how much he's smiling, but like you can just kind of see him having fun um, a little more. And it's great to see him and PG just available. Yeah. Cause they weren't available last year. And like it, I mean, you know, in the, in the pressers that they did, like Hawaii, I think it was after game one, somebody asked him about working with Ty Lu. and he more or less was like, this was the first time we've really spent a game together. So like, right. Uh, you know, before that first preseason game, it doesn't sound like they, they really did like a full team scrimmage or anything like that. So this is like, we watched training camp essentially, is the way that I've kind of walked away from it. Um, having said that, with the season happening so fast, we we can talk about this. But um, I would s- just start calibrating yourselves to set some low expectations for the beginning of the regular season. But preseason, you know, like you said, most of the guys I thought were going to get cut got cut. Um, Fee had some really awesome moments in preseason. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think there's a lot of promise there. It, it's funny watching people kind of put their takes online as, as these games are happening because they're all over the place. And like, you know, especially when you do it in comparison of like how you're watching the game and what you're saying. So like, I was, I'll be honest. I was sitting there watching and being like, man is not an NBA player. I'm sorry. but like, Terrence man is not an NBA player. At least he's not yet. Like there was just so much that I saw that I was like, ah, oh, like just missed defensive stuff. And like, that was kind of supposed to be his thing because of his right. length was his defense. And, Uh, yeah there was just a lot of missed stuff there but then you know at the same time i saw people online being like man it looks awesome out here and i was just like i guess i'm watching a different game i don't know what's going on
1: i think that is interesting especially in like a preseason game i think it just depends on what you're looking for totally like especially in that last game against the jazz you know terrence was able to get to a spot and get his shot off granted it was a you know eight foot pull up jumper but you know it looked good you know it looked <laughs> yeah, like he yeah. had something in his bag there um, which is nice um, to just touch on the Terrence Mann stuff I mean unless he can shoot reliably it's going to be pretty tough for him I think to crack rotations like he he has an NBA body he's got NBA athleticism um, I think the defense could be there theoretically but he's really got to hit jump shots and if he's not hitting yeah. jump shots it's really going to be hard to play him anything other than like a defensive specialist role. Um, but, you know, there's, there, there has been some growth there. I think that he's going to have playing time this season um, because it's the COVID season and something right. is bound to happen. Um, right. And fee fee is the one who impressed me of the two of them. Um, Same. He, he looks more NBA ready than I think man does. And that's just, I mean, I, I'm with you in terms of man, just seems not quite there yet and to be honest neither does fee but fee looked much more okay you could play him in an NBA game and it would be okay yeah I'll live with that like that's fine yeah
0: yeah I think Pete fee could be productive in like a five-minute role
1: yeah or something you know like yeah and could be productive regularly by the end of the season with enough reps like that's that's something that I think is important totally Um, but other than that yeah I mean
0: it's well, what are your so thoughts rough. on the, um, what are your thoughts on the new guys?
1: Um, I, I mean, the jury's still out on Batum. I can't decide whether or not he looks totally washed or if he's just blending in enough to where it's not like he's not doing anything really. But, you know, you see on the Twitter timeline, you know, oh, nicardio Batoum Batum, because he's just running up and down out there. Now he picked it up a little bit better. Uh, you know, as time went on in that jazz game, but you know he looks fine. I think Surge looks pretty good. I think that fit with the starting unit will be good. Um, touching on your earlier point, I think he closes games sometimes, and I think Zoo closes games sometimes, and right. I think that's really what matters. Well, I think uh, I
0: think the team finally has two bigs that you could close with, right? Reliably. At any given moment, yeah,
1: yeah. Canard um, looked great in in last night's game. Um, against the jazz i was he made me very excited um he looked okay defensively you know not a total train wreck um which is what you need and offensively you know the jump shot is there but you could kind of tell his playmaking prowess is there and it's yeah his
0: his passing was really really nice against utah
1: yeah so i'm hoping that that is a harbinger of, of more things to come. I mean, the only thing is, like, dude, if they're, if they're gonna play those two guys with Reggie Jackson for any extended period of time, we're we're in big trouble <laughs> with our second unit. We're just in big trouble. Yeah. We are. We just are. um
0: Yeah, and we got some 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 like
1: classic trademarked Reggie moments in the preseason too. Dude, I just if I can take two seconds, there are some listener questions, okay? But if I can just take two <laughs> seconds. I need to sit down with Lawrence Frank. Okay. I have his email address. I got his phone number. All right. I could, he wouldn't ever respond, but I could send him an email asking him to just explain to me what it is that they see in Reggie Jackson that made them bring him back over guys like Shaq Harrison. um, uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Yeah. That's, that's one of them. The other one I was thinking of Glenn Robinson, the third, the guys that Uh, I keep saying ad nauseum, but like, I just don't get it. I really just don't get his uh, other than maybe some depth emergency depth. Like if this dude's going to play major minutes, I'm upset already about the season, but I don't know, dude, it's so hard to make it's tough. It's tough
0: because it's tough with Reggie because where I actually think he fits best is with Kawhi and PG on the floor because he's not a bad catch and shoot. Guy, he can shoot those at a fairly, uh, you know, efficient rate, but and and Kawhi and PG can kind of cover up some of his uh lack of defense, to put it kindly. Uh, but that's not where you want him to be, right? Like, that's that's the problem is where he fits best is not where you want him. So, it yeah, it is tough. Like, if he's a break in case of emergency guard, great, fine, whatever, I'll take it. I think that that money could be better spent, but yeah, I don't want you know, like the Wosh tweet said, uh, whatever it was, a significant, was a significant <laughs> role on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Woof. Um, I will, you, you, you talked about Batum. Um, you know, I think that if, if Batum gets to a point where he's knocking down those wide open shots that he gets, because he got a lot of really good looks, uh, it's going to be huge, but off the stat sheet. And like, I'd kind of put this out during the first game. He does a lot of the, kind of like dirty work. That's not going to show up on the stat sheet at the end of the night. I thought that just some of those kind of zip passes he was making when they were moving the ball around the perimeter was amazing. He made really quick snap decisions with the ball that way. Um, I think he's aware of where he is with his shooting right now. And he was much more passive, uh, which I think is a good thing. And, and, you know, one of the things that we keep talking about is that they're going to be implementing a system. There's going to be more ball movement with this. And I think that he was kind of playing into that a little more. I, you know, kind of like how you were saying, you were impressed with Luke Kennard's passing. I was really impressed with some of the passes that Batum was making. Um, And defensively, he had some good moments, you know, like he, he was making really smart rotations. He was calling things out. Um I really liked how vocal surge was by the way on the defensive end. Um you know, I think Kawhi and PG a, a little bit also are just so instinct on the defensive end of the ball that um being vocal isn't kind of their their first instinct. Um just because it's so inset in their brains that they're like oh I it's it's natural at this point but Seeing Batum and and Serge kind of pick up vocally a little bit on that end of the ball was really nice. Um, yeah, like I, I think Batum. I mean, he's not going to shoot as bad as he did. I don't think he'll ever go back to what he was, you know, five years ago. But if he's somewhere in the middle there, especially on those open shots, I love it. I think it's great. I think that's going to add a lot of value.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, and and to kind of touch on some of the points in there, Lou last night in post game touched on how much. Ty has been kind of emphasizing communication um on and off the floor. Uh and I think Miriam was like, well, what is that exactly? Like, what does that mean? And and Lou was like, we have to talk. Like Ty makes us talk to each other. And so I think that that's something that's going to help a lot. Um, but I mean, something that we're gonna keep coming back to is like, everybody in the media availability since the preseason like began since camp began like every game, basically what they're talking about is how much this is still a process. Like this is still something they're figuring out that they're still working through the kinks basically of what they're learning. You know, they basically were just installing their defense this week before, you know, like real core tenants of their defense this week before this game. And so, I think that it's really hard for us to like sit here and be like, oh, this is really bad when it's like, well, they're they're figuring it out and their offense
0: too. they're still putting the offense in place. Like after uh, I think it was the first game against the Lakers uh, afterwards, you know, Ty Lue said something like they threw a lot of zone defense at us. And I haven't implemented our zone offense yet. And he was like, that's coming this week. And, and, and you could see as soon as, as soon as the Lakers went to the zone, Clippers are like, oh shit. And like, got a little more nervous about passing the ball and like, and so it it definitely rattled them, but it rattled them only because they weren't, they haven't put those. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean. Lou, by the way, Lou has looked amazing through three games. Um, if he
1: could shoot 80% the rest of the way, I'd really be happy. <laughs> It'd that. be awesome. It'd be really good. I'd love that.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, it- he was, I, he, I just like, I think he's going to have more of a six man role this year than he has the last couple years. And I think that his efficiency will kind of rebound because of that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that that's something that we should kind of touch on before we get into, I think listener questions already. Just because it's it's so hard for us to just filibuster on this stuff, um, <laughs> but I think that the thing I'm most interested to see as you know, kind of the the first couple weeks of the season hit us, is what is the actual rotation. I don't think we've been able to see it in the preseason because there's been a lot of up and down, you know, young guys being thrown in, everybody resting, all that stuff. But also, I think the Mook injury is really going to loom large if he's not ready for these first couple of weeks because this is really important time for the the team to really understand who they are, what is their plan, who works with who, all that stuff. Now, Ty yesterday said in post game that Marcus has been practicing with the team. So maybe this is more just management, like maybe he's got something kind of nagging and they just don't want to put him through game reps yet or whatever blah blah blah. But it does seem like he is getting time with the team, so Maybe it won't be as clunky as I'm maybe afraid it will be. But what I'm most interested in is what are the rotation patterns going to look like? Are we going to, I don't think we're going to have hockey shifts anymore. And I just kind of want to see how that all shakes out.
0: Yeah. How, how they're going to, how Lou's going to manage the stars in terms of like uh, them sharing
1: time with the bench unit. Right. Right. And not even just that, just like other starters, like, Is Pat going to get some time with certain lineups is, you know, like there are so many combinations where it's not just, okay, all of the starters are on the bench and all the bench guys are out there. There can be any number of combinations of getting guys minutes and finding ways to kind of goose whatever the team needs in that moment. You know, you need a little offense. Okay. Maybe we'll go with canard over this and blah, 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 blah. You know, there's, there's a lot of ways for him to tinker and I'm excited to watch sort of how that goes. And I really hope that we're healthy to start the season So that we can have a really good understanding within this first month of like who works best with who and in what situations, right?
0: Right. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. Um, And and we've we've touched on it before. Is that like it's a known thing that Tai Liu likes to tinker during the regular season. So I think we're going to see plenty of that. Um, I think in order for that tinkering to not just be maddening sometimes um, the health is the biggest part, right? Like tinkering right. because your team is healthy and you want to see what you actually have versus tinkering because you have to, because guys aren't available. Um, you know, like I, I've, I, think the, the Marcus Morris is a major one because I don't think that Batum is a starter. Um, and so with, with Mook being healthy, becomes he back in that fills in that role and Mook hits those, a lot of those shots that, that, uh, you know, Batum was, was not hitting in the preseason. Um, I did just real quick. We can, we can move on from kind of like our takeaways, but I love that after I think it was game two against the Lakers. Um, somebody had asked Batum about, uh, you know, his communication, especially with Serge. And he was like, yeah, Serge and I can speak French to each other. And he was like, it's, it's really kind of cool. Cause we can speak to each other like secretly on the floor right. in front of the other team. And then they walk on the floor for the next game and Rudy Gobert is standing there. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, there goes that. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I still, I still need to hear Kawhi try to speak French. I really need it. Like I really need to have him. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to get it. I, I don't know why I'm so obsessed with this, but I just think that the <laughs> way he speaks, like his cadence, the t- like the tenor of his voice would sound absolutely hilarious if he tried to speak French.
0: Yeah, it would be very much like me trying to speak French.
1: That's that's or, yeah, that's probably true.
0: Or me trying to translate absolutely anything.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: So. I guess we can kind of. Before we jump into these questions, you know, I don't want to go game for game, but in the games that are going to be played until the next episode comes out, right, is Lakers, uh, Denver, and Dallas. Yeah. All tough opponents, all very, very good opponents. Um, I guess just real quick, and then we can kind of just get into like what you're, you're expecting to start the regular season. Those three games, what's
1: the record? Dude, it's gonna be. I mean, it all depends on how Kawhi looks because we were kind of talking about that. Now, last season, Kawhi looked abysmal in the in the preseason, shot one for a million, and then came out and had an amazing first game against right, the Lakers right. um, without PG. You know, propelled us to a victory, all that stuff, blah blah blah. So it really depends on how Kawhi looks in that first game, how Kawhi and Paul George look in that first game, um, and I also think it depends on whether or not. Marcus Morris is healthy because if he's not and he's not going to play in those first three games I'm going to be more inclined to be like yeah we're probably only winning one of those games Um, but you know there, there is the possibility that it's you know they come out and they have their hair on fire because they've basically just been waiting to play in the regular season and they win you know two out of the three or all three like the hardest part about this Clipper team is I think they have a potential to be this juggernaut basically um and they also have a potential to be like good and that's it you know like they're gonna be good top four whatever but um that's a really long-winded way to say like i don't i don't fucking know um i think (laughs) i think one and two is the most realistic i think
0: one and two that's where i'm at i'm at one and two um and we, we were talking about this before we started recording, but uh, I think we're both on the same page that like, I think this first month could be rough for the yes. Clippers. I, um, I could see uh, the Clippers getting to the end of January under 500. I think that that could very much be in play. Uh, but again, I think that that's because in the end, something good is going to happen. So if we if the team was just going to go out rolling back exactly what they did last year, ISO you know super ISO heavy all of that stuff, I think that they have a winning record. I think it's like great, but that's the kind of stuff that bites you in the ass come playoff time. And I think that after last season, they've come to that realization. Obviously, with a new head coach who wants to play you know modern offense, uh, has talked about emphasizing. Um, getting up and down the court a little faster, getting back in transition, ball movement, all of that stuff. And I think that's where the turnovers, I I mean, every team has a shit ton of turnovers in the playoffs or sorry, in the uh, preseason because it's preseason. Um, but part of, part of the turnover issue that the Clippers were having was you could see them trying to run out a system that they were just taught. And there were a lot of passes where a guy should have been right. But right they necessarily didn't have those rotations down yet all of that stuff and even on the defensive end um you know i know last year it, it's such a bizarre thing the three point shooting um from opposing teams last year because it always felt like teams got super hot against the clippers but then you look and they were like top 5 in in um holding their opponents uh three point shooting you know or, or percentage do you want they, to try they, that again <laughs> yeah i don't t- i i need to start tying my shoes before i go for a walk um <laughs> They, they, they were top five on opponents, three point percentage. Right. But they were, right. well, bottom um, five. Well, no, no, that was the that lowest. Was,
1: no, I'm saying they had the low. Oh yeah. 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 So, correct.
0: Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, but they also let teams shoot a shit ton of threes.
1: I don't, I don't think so. I think it was like 25th or 26th. I remember Lucas. Oh, is that right? Lucas like tweeted that at us. Got um, it. And to touch on the three point thing. Yeah. What's interesting is the inverse is also true, but we shot like the six in like in the playoffs, right? We were like the in the sixth best in percentage, but we were bottom three in attempts, attempts. bottom two right. in how many of our attempts were from three, and bottom two in how many like what percent of our points were from three. Right. So, um I hope that we shoot more threes. Sorry to inject that. I know that's not really what you No, no,
0: you're about. fine. And and I I think that they will and I think that we saw that. Um you know, they already are and a lot of them were open between threes that just didn't drop, right? Yeah. Um and then and then on the defensive side of the three-point shooting, there there were a lot of open looks for the Lakers and and the Jazz and a lot of that was just kind of bungled you know, rotations and, um, Terrence Mann kept trying to go in for like help defense on the post and leaving the corners open. And, uh, there was just stuff like that that I don't think is going to happen as much in the regular season, but also, you know, to the point of the rotations, I think is going to tighten up as the season goes. Like, like I said, I could see the end of January being sub 500 and then I could see the season ending, at a two seat. I could see it ending at a one seat. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. they get these systems down and they, everybody's healthy and they feel really comfortable and everybody knows what, you know, that chemistry is going to come with it. And I think that makes this team terrifying. I think that's what takes this team from what you were saying, like being good to being like a juggernaut is executing those systems, you know, correctly and efficiently.
1: I think, I think until January 8th, we have a really rough road. And then January 8th, January 31st is a bunch of non playoff teams, okay. so. There are basically like two potential non-playoff teams in our first like 12 games, <laughs> you know, and then wow. after that, the it's like two actual playoff teams in our next 13 games or something like that. So right. I think that there's a potential at the beginning of January, we might be under 500, but by the end of January is when they'll start to figure it out because, you know, you'll be able to afford more mistakes against a bad team than against a good team. So right. Um, it's going to be, I think it's going to be rough. I'm with you. I think it's going to be bumpy. Now they could surprise us for sure. They could come out and be like, "Nah, ha, 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 we're ready. And then, you know, <laughs> we would look like idiots, but that's what we're best at. So, um, yeah, yeah I have turned it into
0: that. an art form. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I think it's important to remember that if it does look rough, it's not because the talent isn't there. The team sucks. It's because they're learning right completely new playbook
1: and they're actually doing stuff right it's not just anyway and that Um, was that
0: was you know the i saw some of the skies falling stuff on twitter um especially during the first game and which is like wow but uh you know to me it would be one thing if they were doing the same stuff as last year and having those turnovers and and you know not looking great, that would be very worrisome, but they're obviously working on new stuff. And so that's the hopeful thing. It's like, cool. There's going to be growing pains. That's great. I'll take it because those growing pains are going to pay off dividends come playoff time.
1: Right. Okay. So um, really quick before we get into listener questions, we've kind of touched on some of the listener questions too, Um, but I just want to get your take in the next two minutes on the Jerry clips at mafia West allegations. Often you can't refuse (laughs) Jerry West. Uh, and what he allegedly did with Uncle Dennis's friend uh, Johnny Wilkes.
0: Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I uh, admittedly haven't read you know too too much into it. Although the team is very confident in coming out and being like, "This is all horseshit." Replete, and Kawhi, replete yeah.
1: with inaccuracies. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then Kawhi was asked about it uh, last night, and you know he was just like man i grew up in la this is this is la there's always somebody out here trying to get money paid somehow so Mm -hmm. you know he was like it's total bullshit um i don't like to me like i'm like okay like this is los angeles right like that's what it is and it's not just like this is los angeles you're an nba franchise in los angeles like this shit happens like do i think that there was some tampering absolutely of course there was. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's every team tampers, Um, especially every team in LA tampers. Um, But I don't know if it's as wild as this said. I, I don't think it's going to reach anywhere. I think, especially if you're going to be suing Balmer, I think the hope is that there's some kind of settlement outside so that he doesn't have... I mean, we watched somebody no, he's threaten... Suing, he's
1: suing Jerry directly, isn't he? Oh,
0: is he? Is he? Yeah, I don't... I just... I'm not putting much stock into it. I I think it's going to go away pretty quickly.
1: Has anyone ever sounded like they're trying to scam you out of money more than a guy named Johnny Wilkes? I don't know why (laughs) that sounds so skezzy just as a name. Um, Yeah. My whole thing is the Clippers were already investigated for tampering. Whatever the league found, they punished them for it secretly. Um, Whether that was they told them they had to throw two more picks into the PG deal or not. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. But (laughs) I think I think it's been dealt with. I think they're going to do their due diligence. But I know Greif retweet. retweet, Whoa, tweeted out. um, (laughs) That was bad. Tweeted out some of the like the legal description of the case. Right. Like basically everything Johnny was claiming he told Jerry West was like pretty common sense things that you would tell to a free agent if you wanted him to come. I think without evidence, there's not really going to be like hard evidence. You know, there's not really going to be any big repercussions. Um, And who cares? Really, if he paid, if he said he was going to pay this dude to help get Kawhi, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I'd go fund me. I'd crowdsource it. I'll do the time. I don't give a shit. We got Kawhi. So if you win a championship and you tampered a little bit, it's fine. It's what teams have been doing forever it's Literally, forever yeah how the league works so <laughs> yeah. um i think it's funny that people are making a huge deal out of it and they're like oh it's gonna be so bad it's not it's it doesn't matter and this is this is what happens when you become a big boy organization okay well i let's think put it was our, i think it was our big boy pants on and just get over it
0: i think lucas Hahn was the one that put it out there it's like what are they gonna do take draft assets from the team lol yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: yeah what do you and like it, you're, you do it a hundred times out of a hundred even if there is punishment, you do it again. Yeah. Like, who cares? S-
0: Silver comes out and he's like, Kawhi, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you have to go back to Toronto. Yeah, there's <laughs> no not, way that's yeah. happening. Like, there's zero <laughs> yeah. chance that's happening. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, it's and it, it doesn't matter to me. The more shocking story that came out in last week is that um, Kawhi eating two bags of apples and saying it was is it, is it Apple? It's Apple time. Yeah. Uh, is not true. He denied that completely, which was not only shocking to me, but heartbreaking at the same time.
1: Can we talk about, just for two seconds before we get to listener questions, how absurd it was that Jimmy Kimmel asked him about that when it was like widely reported that that was a a made-up story that someone said, like, I just made something up about Kawhi to see who would believe it, and like the entire (laughs) internet ran with it, that he fucking sat down and said, it's Apple Time, Apple Time, when that original (laughs) post was like, i made this story up about hawaii
0: well i think it's the i i can't remember it's like hot dog something it's a reddit user who just makes up wild stories about and they're hilarious like this guy needs to like put like a bound book together of all of his made-up nba
1: stories he's the one that said that anthony edwards uh would go to the local benihana and just warm up his lunch on the (laughs) the hibachi table anyway (laughs) that guy's hilarious oh my god i love it okay let's get let's get to listener questions um okay so let's quickly touch on the ones that we've already kind of answered uh josh sexton asked do we expect batum to start uh only
0: if mook is not available i think of marcus well who knows? Maybe the season starts with with him with the starting unit just because he's gotten the reps in um, in the preseason, and, and Marcus Morris might be on a minutes restriction. Uh, but you know, regular world, perfect world, everyone's healthy. No, absolutely not. I think I think he he comes off the bench, and Marcus Morris starts at the four.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Batum is our ninth man. If I'm being honest with you, I think that's what he is in the rotation, um, which is good. I think that that's gonna be perfect for his ability and skill set. Um I think if he's starting, it's because Marcus Morris is hurt and that's it. Yeah. And I think there might be games where Pat Pat starts if Pat Pat is healthy.
0: So Right. Yeah, I almost forgot about Pat Pat. That's crazy. Um yeah. yeah, I definitely I mean, we could see opening night him start at the four just because of the
1: success that they had last year with that. And he will shut down Anthony Davis <laughs> again. That is and what then we'll go have. and then
0: go back into his like cryo ch- chamber or wherever they keep him. In
1: between just, Laker games. Just, just back into the like the Star Wars like part of the night <laughs> thing. Pat standing like that. Okay. Um another question we kind of talked about. Um, our buddy, friend of the show, Justin, aka LA Clippers film said, Are the Clippers closer to the best team in the West, or are they closer to the fourth seed? He's got a second question here, but let's answer that first one first. You you take that one first. Um, I think it depends on health and I think that my biggest fear, uh, coming into the season and the thing that I've said uh, a couple pods already is if they're healthy, they can be, you know, the second best team in the West, you know, after the Lakers, because I think that the Lakers have earned being called the favorites. Um, but I think that they're a second team in the West and they're a real contender and they could win the championship this year if everybody stays healthy and everything kind of gels the way that we hope it does. Now, if they never get healthy and Marcus Morris turns into Luke Mute, I'm knocking on wood. So that doesn't happen. But, you know, if he does, then we're kind of fucked because we were already thin (laughs) and we don't really have a lot of options behind him. Um, So it really depends on health. But I think that the team in the aggregate is closer to being the best team in the West than they are the fourth seed, in my opinion. I think that they're clearly better than the second tier contenders in the West. Yeah, that's fair.
0: I think, uh, perhaps a less nuanced answer than what you just gave is currently, I think they're closer to the four seed, uh, in the long run. I think that they're closer to the best team, you know, being one of the top two teams in the Mm -hmm. West, but, uh, because of the growing pains that we've already touched on here, I think that they are going to kind of sit around the four seed in the standings for a bit. Um, maybe perhaps until like the, the, mid mark of the season and then we start to see them really kind of take off and and start to like
1: you know bulldoze other teams yeah that'd be nice um the second question that Justin asked is are you concerned about the minutes distribution at the five spot he says he's personally not I will let you start
0: yeah I'm not uh, you know we kind of touched on it a little bit but um this team finally has two fives that you can feel comfortable closing games with um and Two seven footers that are versatile enough to you can kind of choose which one depending on who the opponent is. If you've got a a team, you know, that has a more traditional five, then Zoo's a great option to close with. Um, If you've got something that's a little more modern, a little smaller, something like that, then I think Surge is the perfect closing five for that. Uh, in terms of the minutes distribution, I'm not, I still think that Zoo's going to play more minutes than he did last year, whether he's starting or not. I think he's going to, he's going to be a, a bigger piece in the rotation. And if one of those guys needs rest or something happens and they can't play for a couple games fee has shown that he's capable of holding his ground, you know, not perfectly, but I still think he's a serv- serviceable five in a, uh, small, you know, small role, which, all you would really need him to do is that. So I'm not concerned at all. Um, I do think that the starting five position could be a bit of a revolving door, uh, just depending on where we are in the season, how guys are, are feeling, how guys are playing, and then who the opponent is.
1: Yeah, I think I think as the team gets more comfortable with each other, I think that options like a sliding lineup that we were promised last year might start right. to make more sense. <laughs> um, and it'd be really great to see that. Just kind of mm-hmm. the team is confident in themselves and secure in themselves and they can actually say okay we're playing Denver tonight okay Zoo you're gonna start and close and you know the minutes distribution is gonna be the same but you're gonna start and close against Jokic or um I mean it depends on how Surge does too but or when you know we play a team that's a little smaller like when we play the Warriors okay Surge." I think it's funny that we keep sticking surge with like the smaller teams when he is also seven feet tall and isn't right. the most mobile person. It's just like he's a little bit more mobile than Zoo, yeah. but he's not like what he was, you know, five years ago. But anyway, right. Um,
0: and that was that was back when he was playing minutes at the four, right,
1: right, uh, with Kendrick Perkins. Anyway, um, which
0: you I, you could do. I'm not saying I ever want to see it happen, but there is a universe in which a lineup is rolled out where surge is at the four and zoo is at the five and you just have this like fucking monster lineup. I think it's a terrible idea. I think that lineup is so slow that, that defenses would take care of it pretty quickly, but it is possible just because of surge's ability to stretch the floor a little more.
1: Theoretically, there is a lineup where you could play PG, Kawhi, Batum surge and zoo together
0: Take Batum out and put uh, Marcus Morris in there.
1: Oh my God, that's right. I totally forgot. That's (laughs) Marcus is a well, I get well, no, Batum plays the three pretty much exclusively. Marcus is a little slow for that, but there is a theoretical lineup out there where right could have five guys six, eight, or or taller on the floor, (laughs) and it could not be a disaster. Like it would be theoretically, like okay, you know, to put that out there because there'd be enough (laughs) shooting. And I, that just broke my brain thinking about what that would look like. So um, <laughs> to answer your question, Justin, which I haven't done yet. No, I'm not concerned. I think it's going to be fine. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of push and pull. Uh, I'm hoping that Zoo buys in. I'm assuming he will. Um, but I think that Zoo will be rewarded with more minutes an expanded role and we will have a little bit more stability this year if he just buys into. It. OK, sometimes I'm not going to start. Most of the time I'm not going to start, but I'm still going to get good minutes and I might close some games too. So,
0: Well, he's already been rewarded with 100% more tickles uh, in the the huddle from Kawhi, so yeah.
1: Which is really what they should all be playing for. I think that that is the (laughs) ultimate form of appreciation and gratification. Well, because that's
0: the thing, is we all now know that his hands don't fit into his pockets, so they have to be doing something, and so a tickle fight is just ready to break out at any moment.
1: Is Kawhi the most terrifying tickle monster that's ever existed? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Being He's tickled like, from across the arena. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's terrifying. Just thinking about his hand anywhere near my body. Cause it's as, it's as big as my torso. Like it's absolutely <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's massive. All right. Um, let's move on.
0: Which yeah. oh, just real quick. Cause we, the, it, for anybody who doesn't know what the hell we're talking about right now, a video came out, um, during the first preseason game, uh, where Co- there was a, you know, a timeout, the team was on a huddle and Kawhi was kind of standing in front of Zoo and realized he was standing in front of them and kind of like pushed him into the circle and they played grab ass for a second and kind of tickled each other and then that was it. And we had posted it on the clips at Twitter, uh, you know, like as the joke was like, this team's fighting in the huddles, like it's in shambles. Um, that tweet got some like, quote tweets from uh, other fan bases being like, man, look at this team falling apart. <laughs> it's hilarious because it was like, you clearly didn't watch the video.
1: Uh, those fan bases don't live in reality uh, ever. <laughs> so uh, just keep that in mind. Um, All right. Matt Chong, friend of the show, Matt Chong, yes. asks, as much as we said it's a thing that could happen, did we underestimate the ta- chances of Terrence usurping, great word, Reggie's spot in the rotation? um and then we have another question from frank uh with a bunch of um, a bunch of emojis or just a couple emojis uh it's a string of emojis frank and a lot of emojis uh can you set up a GoFundMe so we can get a reggie buyout um <laughs> so uh let's let's talk about reggie for for a second i did this already a little bit but i i can't stand watching him play it really has gone from I thought it would be a bad idea and everybody being like, no, it's going to be fine. And then it not being fine and me being like, oh, my God, that was such a disaster. I can't believe that that happened as bad as it did. Like, I thought it was going to be bad. It was even worse than I thought it was going to be. And then going into the offseason being like, okay, there's so many serviceable, like, guards and wings out there. We could bring it on a minimum I never have to watch Reggie Jackson play again. And now here he is, potentially – gonna be a, a prominent role on the bench um I'm devastated by that I'm happy to set up a GoFundMe. um I'm happy to fulfill my promise to drive to the bubble and kidnap him um, I have media access now so um whenever I go into the locker room the next time we're able I will take him forcibly from the arena and he will never be seen again so, so the con-
0: his contract is three million right
1: it's it's a it's a minimum Pat Pat got three million. Reggie That's got what, just a regular two point six, I think, minimum. Okay, so
0: we need to be able to raise two point six million dollars, right, to buy him out. Is that how that would work?
1: Well, a little, a work. little less, just because okay. he's already been paid a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so let's say
0: it's like two point four million. Um, if every single one of the clip set listeners just sends in a dollar, we could make it happen.
1: If they send in a dollar eighty-seven times each, maybe we can <laughs> get a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, that's
0: <laughs> wow. Well, um, if anybody's looking for my joke, it's under a bus somewhere. I really appreciate it, Joseph.
1: <laughs> no, I just wanted to. Yeah, I did. I wanted to run that. One <laughs> that was my joke. Was that I wasn't gonna. <laughs> um, in terms of Terrence usurping Reggie's spot theoretically yeah I mean there is a chance that he could do that this season I just I'm really starting to wonder I know I said it kind of in jest but I'm pretty certain Reggie and Pat Patter on this team because the team wanted to get PG to sign that five year and um, that bothers me and so I don't really know I don't think Reggie has pull but I think Reggie being PG's friend has pull and I think he's gonna get playing time
0: yeah. I think just his ability to shoot um, over, you know, man's ability to shoot will keep him closer to the rotation than man will. Um, defensively, I've got concerns with both of them. So, like, I don't, it's, we're kind of splitting hairs at that point. Um, you know, like, I was joking around with Garrett online about man's defense, and he was like, hey, at least his feet were facing the right direction. Um, and then, I watched a few possessions in the Utah game and I was like, well, at least that thing went out the window because his feet were facing the wrong direction on several possessions. So, uh yeah, I don't I I want him to. Like I really really want Terrence Mann to be an NBA rotation player for the Clippers. I like, you know, like you were saying, like his build, he has an NBA body. Like his size at his position could be such an advantage. I just don't know if the skill set is there to be able to keep up.
1: He, he might be a four a guy because I think he's like so that's a baseball analogy because there's AAA and then there's the majors and there's just some guys who are too good to be in the minors. But they're not really good enough to be like a, a real major leaguer. Um, right. And so. He might be that it might be too early. We haven't seen really a lot of them in, in NBA action, Um I think there is a possibility just because of his size that he could figure it out and kind of put things together as the season goes along. And he is our second wing off the bench behind Batum, which would be great that, you know, we're not playing Reggie Jackson, Lou Williams and Luke Kennard, the new, you know, Reggie Lutres from last year. Um, I just, I can't stand the guy. I hope, I hope Terrence does it, Matt. I really do. If you could light a candle for Terrence every game that he plays well, it'd be really great so that I never have to watch Reggie Jackson take a four-on-one um, fast break. There's never yeah. been a fast break that Reggie hasn't wanted to finish. Never. <laughs> never. There could be spikes and a moat filled with alligators and piranha, and he would be like, I'm going to get to the hoop. It's okay. i yeah. get there. He
0: looks at it and he goes, it's layup time, baby.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's Reggie time. All right. Um, Clipper Mitch asks, Who is in charge of scouting for the Clippers? These draft picks over the years have not been good. Being nice man is a good find late in the second round, but everybody else has been a reach. Uh, shy is a stud, but Robinson was a giant whip. So I guess the the question is like shy, huh? Yeah. Shay. Oh man. (laughs) Oh, I can't believe I just did that to to your own son, to my own son. Yeah. Um, I don't know who's in charge of scouting. Um, but I think that we we touched on this a couple weeks ago. I have the Okay, so like we can kind of talk about this too with like Jay Scrub. I think the team is going for upside in a lot of these picks where maybe they're not ready yet. But the team is good enough to where they can gamble on a steal somewhere later than they would get them, you know, you know whatever. I know that Reggie Scrub not Reggie Scrub, Jay Scrub. Can you scrub that? No, so Jay Scrub <laughs> um, was like a D1 recruit and then couldn't play D1 because of academic stuff. So, you know, drafting a young guy who has D1 talent that just wasn't playing D1 because of academics, it's a, it's a swing for the fences. I think Terrence Mann, you're betting on the upside of this is a six seven guy who could potentially play guard NBA body, skill set will come, swing for the fences. Fee, same thing, super raw, but really athletic, theoretically can shoot, swing for the fences. Um, I'm never going to pronounce his name right, but Ot- Oturu? Oturu, yeah. Yeah, swing for the fences. Um, and I don't agree with it, but I'm also not building this team, and that's probably for the best. Right. Um, so we don't know yet. Jerome Robinson is really the one stinker in the bunch. He is not an NBA player, just not an NBA player. And it sucks. Um, But, you know, not everybody is good at finding people in the draft. I would actually argue that the majority of the NBA is not good at drafting. There's like five teams that figure out who's good Um, in terms of guys on the margins. Sometimes you don't have to be smart. Sometimes you get the guy who's amazing and everybody can go like, yeah, that guy's really good. Um, but it's so, so hard to make the decision between do I draft a guy who's older, who can contribute right now, but is already at his ceiling? Or do I draft a guy who potentially has a ceiling that's higher than where I'm getting him? And now I get good value. So I think that's really the rationale.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like where most of these draft picks have taken, your kind of only option is to swing for the fences. Um, right. I, well, I, I, th- I think I, I disagree a little bit with, uh, with what clipper Mitch said. I think fee is, is more of a NBA ready player than Terrence Mann is. Um, but that seems to be kind of a divide because like we were saying earlier, uh, I feel like there's like two camps on Terrence man. Um, But we've talked about it ad nauseum that this team is not good with draft picks. Like, that's why I think it was like very easy to hand up those draft picks in the PG trade is they were just kind of like, yeah, I don't know what to do with these things. You can have them Mm -hmm. kind of situation. And I think there's a little bit of self-awareness there. I also think that the team hasn't been great in the last, you know, five years in player development so there might be some some gems that were that were taken you know in the you know second round late first round that never reached their potential because they weren't given the opportunity to reach it um doc you know famously and I, I'm, I'm not you know trying to just pile on doc but like famously doesn't give young guys a ton of minutes on his teams right. and this new coaching staff was assembled um, with that in mind of player development you know that was literally the whole reason that Kenny Atkinson was hired was for player development and they've acted they've said actively that is what his role is with this team so who knows like I, it makes me a little more hopeful for some of these these you know guys like Man and Fee and Aturo and um, and you know possibly Scrub um, maybe we see them kind of crack into it and and find that potential kind of find that diamond in the rough. So I'm going to hold that full judgment, but um, I do think that this team hasn't given me too much to be confident in terms of their ability in in the draft and their, their scouting. So yeah, I'm with you on that.
1: Yeah. I'd say that the bigger, the bigger frustration is if you know, you're not good at it, stop trading into it. Like just (laughs) stop, stop throwing away future stuff that you could staple to somebody to get like an NBA player. Um, yeah, and just stop stop trading into it. Like, just you get what you get, and you don't get upset. You just try to figure figure it out. Um, and if you can't figure it out, then just stop trying to take extra hacks because clearly you're not a good hitter. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. The the Clippers like scouting should just be other NBA teams.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what it should be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Everett Wiltermuff has asked do we think the off season was long enough that anyone young guys could really work on their game like a usual season um
0: yeah i th- i mean i think the clippers got plenty of time off um i do think what makes this tough isn't the time but the space if that makes sense so um i think that there was plenty of time to work on stuff i don't know how available personal trainers were obviously these you know the teams didn't get a lot of time together in gyms and the training facility i mean they opened the training facility up like literally for training camp i think it was open they opened it up like a week or two before training camp officially started for like individual workouts and like two or three guys could be on the court at the same time but um so who knows you know like a guy like Kawhi or pg yeah they've got the money they can you know I'm sure they've got in their homes, courts in the backyard and they could have trainers come visit and stuff like that. But some of these other guys that you almost want to be able to work a little more on, on their abilities don't always have that. You know, like I imagine a guy like Terrence Mann has like an apartment in Manhattan beach, right? Like it's, it's not, he doesn't have a compound with a basketball court on it. So, um, you know, wasn't it Trez was the one during the stoppage of the season that was like driving around LA trying to find courts to like get said, shots
1: up on. They said someone was. I don't know if it was Trez in particular, but I know okay. that there was a report that someone was driving around LA trying to yeah. find a court.
0: And I think that was still the case. And, you know, like we said at the top there, like we we are the epicenter right now. It hasn't been great for a while. Um, so like public parks are closed. You know what I mean? You know, technically I still see, you know, people in, in certain parks and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much access these guys have had to things like trainers, facilities, all of that, to be able to work on that. I think the time has been there. I just don't know if the uh, resource has been.
1: Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think neither has been there. I think that in terms of if you wanted to recover from last season now, granted fee has had more time than Terrence Mann right. and, and Amir coffee. Uh, because Amir and Terrence went to the bubble. So I think Fia's had more time, and I think that that has sort of shown in his play. You know, his shot looks a little bit better um, and stuff like that. But I really think that for most of these guys, I mean, every year we hear about, oh, so-and-so did this. Oh, so-and-so shot 8,000 shots in the gym, and then they play, and then it's like, okay, the dude took two three-pointers this season and missed both of them. so. I think it's more is the coaching staff going to empower these players to to expand their games? Are they going to allow them to get in-game reps to actually, you know, do these things in real NBA play? Um, and so that's what I'm excited about. That's why I'm excited about having Kenny Atkinson on there is guys who have a track record of actually bringing out the best in their players. Um, and that's that's really what I'm looking for. Um I don't really put a lot of, I mean, obviously shooting free throws helps in the off season because it helps you. But at the same time, I mean, a lot of times you watch these guys and it's like, yeah, they hit 15 out of 15 in practice. And then they get into an arena where there's, you know, 8,000 people screaming at them. It's a totally different thing. Like, so who?
0: I used to watch DeAndre Jordan hit threes and warm up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he used to be out there like, like Steph Curry from the corner. And it was just like wow, when's that going to happen? And then you get an NBA game and it's like, nope, totally different.
1: Yeah. And then he's, you know, throwing it behind the backboard, but it's like, it's (laughs) just, it gameplay is totally different than the, than practice. Um, and practice I think helps you build habits, but if you can't then put those into, you know, reality when, when there's other people around, it doesn't mean anything. So, um, I I don't think that there was adequate time. I think that the season should have started mid January. But I think that's a different conversation. Um right. I just I'm I want to see what they do this season with these guys. Um friend of the show, Stephen Lee Clark asks. SLC. Uh how do you think Tyloo will divide the minutes between the point guards? Which point guard do you want to see in for which situation? Now I understand what's going on. Which one yeah. do you want to see in for which situations that makes sense? Yeah, I got confused by the sen- the, the syntax. You're good. You're good. Um, I mean,
0: in terms of minutes for the point guards, like if we're talking like strictly point, uh, you know, I think Pat is going to be the starting point. Lou's going to be the one off the bench. Um, I think that there are scenarios where, you know, Pat and Lou might be sitting and we see Luke Kennard, like you were saying in with Paul George at the two and, and Kawhi at the three and, and, you know, see him kind of facilitate a little bit because he does have that in his skill bag in terms of playmaking. Um, but I think the majority of the minutes are going to be between Pat and, and Lou specifically at the one. Uh, I do think that, um, that Luke is going to play more of his minutes at the two, uh, in terms of like which situations, you know, it's funny that, that SLC is asking this cause he's not a Patrick Beverly fan. Um, but he's the best offensive guard that we have outside of, of, uh, PG obviously. Who's like a wing. Um, I mean right, call right. Him a
1: guard because he tactically plays guard, but he's a wing.
0: Yeah. Um he, he's he's a you know, by far the most the best defensive point guard on the team um is Pat. And then, you know, a lot of people don't think of him as a you know offensive threat, but Pat shoots well above league average at three. In fact, one of my like favorite, like one of the things I'm really looking forward to this season is every year Pat starts out super cold from three, and then right around Christmas he starts to hit a stride. And I've had this theory that he's just a really festive dude and loves Christmas, and it gets him in the spirit, and he gets all warmed up, and he starts shooting really well. Uh, so I'm interested to see if it's a if it truly is a Christmas thing, or if it's a beginning of the season thing. Um, So you
1: think, you think Santa comes with his sleigh and just drops off three point shooting ability to pass. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's Pat's just so he just stores it with the tinsel every year. And then, you know, right when December starts, he kind of starts to pull the boxes down from the attic and he goes, Oh shit. Oh, there's my shooting. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Let me put the tree up and then I'll, I'll get to that. Um, but you know, I think that his ability to shoot like catch and shoot is really solid. The scoring, I think with Lou off the bench is, is way too important to take that away and put him in a starting lineup. Um, I I also, because of how ball dominant Lou can be when he has those like really kind of like offensive nights, um, even more. So I want him coming off the bench because, uh, I don't want him taking the ball out of, you know, Kawhi and, and PG's hands. So that's where I want, you know, I, I only want to see Reggie playing heavy minutes if it's like some, it's a terrible like something terrible has happened if reggie's playing a ton of minutes uh and then same thing with man i think man gets a little more minutes this year but i think he's going to be a lot of the uh you know you're going to play the final minute of a quarter kind of thing or go out there we need a quick foul uh yeah. or like a single defensive position possess- we just need the length on the floor for like one possession i think i think that's more or less what it's going to look like
1: yeah i agree i i mean rotationally obviously pat's going to start um and i think pat should close every game. Um, I think that's something that frustrated me. If he doesn't
0: foul out, that's my only thing with
1: Pat is that he gets in foul trouble a lot. Yeah. But I think that in general, Pat should be starting and closing every game. And I don't think it should be like a, even a question. Uh, He is our best defensive option and he is also a good offensive option.
0: Um,
1: I think that the minutes are going to go between Lou and Pat. Like you said, something I'm kind of looking out for and something that I kind of do hope that almost goes against what I just said, is I kind of <laughs> hope that Luke Kennard, um Im- shows enough and stays healthy and kind of earns his way into the starting lineup just to give our, our bench unit a little bit more balance with Pat coming off the bench. Now, Pat could still mm. close, but I think that Kennard, if he can be just a minus defensively and not like a huge gaping right. hole... Um, and his, his passing and his shooting is there. I think that that adds a little bit more dynamism. Is that the word to, um, the, the starting lineup? I think that with Pat, there's not really a lot of North South in that. Not that I think that Luke Kennard is this like bowling ball that can get to the rim at, at will, but I think that there's a little bit more pick and roll options that don't involve Paul George and Kawhi Leonard if, you know, canard okay. is starting. Um, I think that Pat is fine. I think that the call for them to basically like kick him to the curb because he's not a traditional point guard is a little overblown. I think the offense is going to be fine with him there. Um, but I do think that it would be nice to have a little bit more on ball creativity in the starting lineup. Uh, um, yeah. I think that Luke could, could give us that, but to me, that's almost like a, a playoff, dream of mine and less of like a regular season thing. I think that I would want that to happen much later in the year. Sure. Uh, so, okay. We last, got one more. last question. All right. So Sam Griner asks with the Clippers keeping Ray John on uh, breaking news. Uh, Ray John Tucker was released today. Um, so there's the answer to your question. Um, <laughs> they must be considering keeping him. They were not. The narrator says um, out of him, coffee and scrub. Who would you give the two way spots to? Now, I'm going to take this really quick. I think that even if Rajon was still on the roster today, the two way spots should go to Coffee and Scrub. Um, I think that those are the two best options. I think Scrubby drafted him for his upside, you got to keep him around. And I like Amir Coffee. I think that if his three-point shot can be a little bit more consistent, he's a rotation player. Hey, we we
0: already talked about this, I think. Uh maybe two episodes ago. Uh but we yeah. talked about, you know, which one of the like kind of young project guards we preferred and you and i were on the same page that i think coffee has uh the bigger skill set the bigger upside uh and he's kind of shown the most with the minutes that he has been given so yeah. far with this team
1: his shot is disgusting to look at but if he can start <laughs> to hit it um, yeah when he gets
0: confident it's great i'll take it yeah
1: i'll take it um i just like him i think i think he plays hard and i think he has a 3 and d kind of skill set without the 3 right now um yeah. and so i'm hoping that that comes with a little bit more slash to his game too. So, I think that he's somebody to keep because he could potentially become a cheap rotation player down the line. That's just kind of how I feel about him. Definitely.
0: Let's go home, man. You want to take us there?
1: Yeah, I'll take it. So, uh right. here we go, guys. Um we are going to do track of the week. Now, Brian is is the is the playlist still active or have you left Spotify yet?
0: Um I left Spotify. I I stopped Spotify, but I still have like a little bit of time left on my last, like, you know, the last time I paid, I don't, I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say, but yeah, it still exists. It's still going (laughs) until the end of the month. It still exists for the time being, but, uh, I will not be updating it because I got rid of Spotify. Um, it's a pretty exploitative uh, platform for being honest, but I don't want to get into all of that right now. Um, so yeah, track of the week, uh, you know, if somebody wants to keep up with it, I think that's great. Um, if not, this is just a fun thing that people can, uh, you know, Hear something maybe interesting and, and go check it out on their
1: own. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna throw a curveball. I'm gonna throw a curveball. I usually do hip hop. Oh. Um, and today I am not going to do that. Um, and so my track of the week this week is Bridge of Sighs by Robin Trower. Um, it is a just, I mean, just a killer, killer track. I mean, the guitar tone is perfect. It's like the atmosphere of the song is incredible. And then his kind of bluesy southern rock vocals are just insane um and fun story i had never heard that song somehow um and one of my favorite bands opeth had a deluxe edition of one of their um albums and on it was a cover of bridge's size and i was like dude why did this why did this track not make the album like this track fucking rips like what is going on here uh, and then I looked it up and I was like, Oh, cause this song is like 40 years old and I had just never heard it. <laughs> um, and this is a cover and I am a big old idiot. Um, but it's just, it's an insane track. It's so good. Awesome. Um, mine
0: is, so part of getting rid of Spotify has been, uh, me listening to uh independent radio and there's a couple really good apps out there one is nts which is this london-based independent radio station and i just had it on in the house one day and this song came on and i was like this song fucking rips dude and i had to like look it up like who it was and so it's a band called camberwell now uh off of an album that they recorded in 86 called the coast, the ghost trade. Um, and the opening track, which is the one that I heard on the radio is called working nights. And it's this really kind of like almost avant garde, but it's like real proggy kind of post-punky kind of, uh, you know, like, uh, new wavy a little bit because they definitely have like modulars and synthesizers and stuff okay. like that but the drumming is like really jazzy they change timings a few times throughout the song um and the bass playing if you love Getty Lee if you love like those early yes records you're gonna love the bass line on this opening song um it's a lot of that like really speedy two finger picking on the bass kind of stuff um really sick though. But yeah, um, Camberwell now working nights. Uh, i had never heard of this band and just heard them on this random radio station was like, this is sick. And I got the album and, um, the album's great. It's, I mean, I, I love prog rock, so I was, you know, and I love a lot of the kind of like new wave goth kind of stuff. And so, uh, it, it marries those two things and, um, yeah, absolutely obsessed with the entire album, but that opening track is unbelievable. Great. Track of the week. I like it. Um, I'm actually really excited to listen to Bridge of Size. Um, Have you never heard Track it? of the Week this week? No, I haven't. So, um, Whoa, dude. Yeah. So. Really
1: loud. Really loud. Listen to it. Okay. It's so good.
0: Okay. It's the only way I listen to music because I'm deaf anyways. So um <laughs> really excited about that. Man, I'm excited to get back to uh, regular season basketball. Yeah, The me season too. is back. Um, you know, you're credentialed this season, which is really exciting. I am credentialed. Um, so, you know, I, I look forward to a day where, where you and I are sitting in the chick hern room at Staples center and, um, kind of geeking out on stuff and then getting ready to go watch, you know, like a Sunday noon game or something.
1: Am I allowed um, to wear full uniform to the, to the arena? Cause like I can the, wear like a full uniform. It's required. You have to actually. Oh, sick. Can I wear an undershirt <laughs> though? Cause like, I don't really want anybody to see the side of my, my chest. Yeah.
0: You have, you're going to go full, full Ewing.
1: Yeah. On uh-huh, your first uh, press. Okay.
0: Yeah. That works. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm super excited to be back. uh, Our, you know, third season, whatever we're going to call it now. Um, Really excited. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, We've had, you know, people tweeting at us this week. Um, I think every I think everybody's on the same page we're all just happy to kind of get back to to clippers basketball and seeing it again um but the support that we've gotten these last couple weeks has been uh really touching and overwhelming Overwhelming. and and, Mm -hmm. and we we really 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 appreciate it uh we started this thing almost a year ago now um and we're going into you know our technical second you know regular season of clippers basketball but um yeah to kind of be a part of this this bigger community and, and, you know, have people reach out telling us how much they like the show. It, it, it truly, truly means the world to both of us. So thank you all for that. Um, if you're listening to us on Apple podcast and you haven't done so yet, take a second, leave a five-star rating, leave us a written review helps out with visibility helps, uh, you know, both of us live with ourselves just, you know, for another week until we get to the next one. And we ask you to do this again. Uh, if you're not listening to us on Apple podcast, uh, be sure to subscribe. Um, to the show, wherever, whatever platform you're listening to this on. Um, and you know, like we said, we're living in the epicenter here in Los Angeles. So everybody just be super, super, super safe, super careful out there. Uh, remember to always wash, rent, sanitize, repeat. And if you don't, Donald's really And that is a fact.